0: Welcome to Hustle & Pro Season 2, talking sports in Frisco from youth to pro. Now here's
1: your host, Kelly Walker.
0: Welcome to a special edition of Hustle & Pro. So today we're not highlighting a specific guest and telling somebody's story so much, but we're pulling a few friends in to talk about the last dance. So we've got Chad Brown, one of our favorite Texas Legends players, and we've got Fred Hammond. He's a local business owner, but also a huge sports fan, so... Hey, Chad and Fred, how are y'all doing today?
1: Doing good, great. doing great. Exciting to be with you. <laughs> Absolutely.
0: Okay, y'all ready to jump in? Let's talk about this. There's 10 hours of the last dance documentary um, of the Chicago Bulls and Michael Jordan. Um, we're gonna go through kind of episode by episode so we don't miss anything that we wanna point out. Um, I guess just off the top, it's not, I originally kind of in my mind thought, oh, the Jordan documentary. But I don't know about y'all, but I was really excited when it it sort of was breaking down each episode with, like, different player highlights and um, so that we could learn more about, I mean, of course, we all want to learn about Jordan, but it was cool to see, like, the teams getting put together and broken apart and, and like, the different player and personality and coach, you know, aspects of that whole, like, team dynamic, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. So, it's kicked off with episode one. Um, It kind of introduced, like, the whole process I guess behind why this is even called the last dance so it was with Jerry Krause um really show like, showing the rocky relationship with Phil Jackson and it he's the one who really said that like even after the Bulls have won all these championships I guess they were at five at that point that this is going to be Phil's last season the last dance and so that's kind of where we get that um so let's see let's jump in I mean see first of all who's who thinks Jerry Krause is a genius and kind of like that best GM that I think Pippen even gave him that title at the very end of this, or was he like a cancer and kind of ruined this team at the end?
2: So I think Jerry Krause was a genius. He set it up, said there's no tomorrow, there's no next season with you guys. It's one chance, make the most of it. And the players rallied around that, realizing there may not ever be this opportunity again. So, and it proved to be successful.
1: Right, Right, for sure. And I, I totally agree with that. Um, you know, I definitely believe that, you know, like you said, it, it was no reason to, you know, say that at the beginning of the season. Um, you know, it, it is a business at the same time, you know, uh, with decisions and things like that as a GM. Um, but like you said, man, you, you have the best player in the world. You know, you have to, you know, if you, if you got to, you know, tie some strings or you got to, you know, do what you got to do, you know, as a GM to, to keep your coach, you know, you have to do that. You know, you, you got to you guys have won five championships, you know, why not? You know, I mean, um, so, so I believe that, you know, Jerry Krause, I can't, I I don't, I can't say anything bad about him um, because, you know, he, he did his job, you know, he got the team together um, in the best way that he could. Um, But, you know, like personally me, I just feel like, you know, you got a good team like that. You guys been winning championships, you know, uh, the legacy starting to build for Chicago. You know, they're, they're starting to become that dynasty, you know, Lakers in the Lakers in and in the Celtics dynasty. Um, you know, I feel like you have to do whatever it takes to, to keep that thing rolling, man. Right. And, you know, so it's, it's tough. It was tough. You know, it's like I said, at the end of the day, you know, it's decisions and it's a business. But, you know, when you have an opportunity like that, you know, you have to seize the moment and you got to do whatever it takes.
0: I know, right? It seems like there was so much left on the table. Okay, so – the thing about Krauss is Jerry Reinsdorf was told. He said that he was told when he asked around before he hired him, everybody in the league said, "Don't touch this guy." Yet, you know, of course, he still does it. Which that happens in sports all the time. Right. right. Sometimes when everybody says, "Don't touch this guy," it's almost like tempting to for some of these owners and people to go get him anyways, just to right. maybe prove that, hey, you know, I can I can change him, or he'll be fine here, or. He won't disrupt us or whatever it is. We see that all the time, especially living in the land of the Dallas Cowboys, right? Um, but I thought that was interesting that he did it anyway. And then this guy ends up being like kind of like internal, like um, what do you call it? A uh, locker board material that motivates the team. Like he's in, in internally, he's in, on their side, yet he ends up being like the thing that the team can like use as motivation Right. And not in a good him.
2: way though. And kind of the opposite that when you think yeah. of a manager, you think of someone that inspires and leads. He actually inspired and led them through their disgust with them or not not liking him or not respecting him. Maybe that's the word. Yeah. Yeah, I
1: totally agree. I, I believe that, you know, they it gave them motivation, but like you said, not in a good way. It kinda gave them a chip on their shoulder, um, towards their GM in a way to to prove them wrong, you know, to prove them wrong, to be like, Hey man, we need to stick together. And this is the team to do it. And, you know, we're trying to build a legacy, build a dynasty. And, you know, so I feel like, you know, he gave the motivation, but like we all say, you know, it might've been in a negative way because of the situations and and the decisions that, you know, he was going to make towards the team, um, in due time. So I, I believe that, um, the, you know, the motivation for those guys was, was from him, you know. Could have been
0: directed a little better though. Like I couldn't believe watching some of the digs Jordan would take and some of the stuff he would say to him. I mean, like I can't, I can't imagine. I'm guessing Chad, you, cause you got, you got Donnie Nelson, right. And you got people like that around you. Like, can you imagine making, making fun of him in such like a, like a derogatory way, and right, right, yeah. it, like thinking you can say whatever you want to him. That's crazy to me.
2: No, didn't he say just, something like you, the diet pills and you're fat and you're short in yeah. one of the episodes? I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm yeah, amazed I, an athlete can say that, and not be held right. accountable for it. It was right. Just, I mean,
1: oh. I, um, I want to say that, um, the, the hold on, let me think. I want to say that one of the jokes that Jordan was saying was he asked Krause if he wanted to practice with him. And he was like, oh, well, we might have to um, lower the rim or something for you because you probably can't even shoot the ball into the 10-foot hoop or something like that. Yeah. It was just, you know, and it's just – like you said, this is kind of – it's crazy how, you know, a player can, can talk to their GM like that and things like that. Like, me personally, I can never see myself talking to, you know, Donnie Nelson like that or, you know, anybody like that because – you know, those those guys, man, you know, they, they make decisions and you know, they, they they put everything together, you know, but you, yeah. you could just tell that you know the, the 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 relationship that they had wasn't as tight, you know, because yeah. you know, I, I, I in a way they they didn't agree with them. They right. didn't agree with the things that he was saying. So, you know, it's 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 hard, it's challenging. You know, yeah. when when you have a GM and you have a person that that owns everything and that makes the decisions and you don't agree with them, you know, it's tough. And, you know, you lose their respect a little bit for them, you know,
0: for sure. That's the thing. Those digs he was taking, it wasn't in good fun. It wasn't like they were close and it was, you know, making fun of your brother or something like he was, he didn't like him. Um, So they also talk in this episode about like young Jordan days, like, um, I think his mom talked about a letter he wrote home from North Carolina saying, like he was out of money, he was down to last twenty bucks or something, and needed some money or something. And,
2: right? Yeah, um, yeah, I remember that. I remember yeah, that. which is crazy sorry to think about take. the cell phone bill.
0: Yeah, or the, I,
2: or the bill, the phone bill.
0: Yeah, that he just like he, you know, can't pay his bills, and then little, little did he know then what what his life would unfold to be. But and then and then he talked about um, so he was drafted in '84, and he. I think it was him on screen talking about when he was drafted that he just wanted the bulls to be a respected team. Right. Um, Cause at that point, you know, it was the Celtics, it was all these other teams and, and it, you know, he was kind of the bottom. He felt like he was getting drafted by a bottom team. And so right. interesting that that's like what he put out there and put on his shoulders. And so like, Chad, I'm interested from your perspective as a guy who just finished their rookie season after college, like, do you can you imagine putting that much kind of like personal I don't know goals on yourself to like make a franchise change their their whole you know attitude or not attitude but um, reputation?
1: Right, right, and then, you know, and um, you know, when Jordan came out of college, you know, getting drafted and going to a team like that, you know, it just shows you know his confidence in himself you know, it shows the confidence in himself and and what he believed that in due time, what he can do to a team. And it just shows that, you know, he, like I said, he was confident. He was, he was a guy that that stood firm on what he believed and, uh, you know, and personally for me, you know, that's, 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 that's pretty impressive. That's pretty impressive, you know, for being a rookie, a person that young, you know, coming into the league um, with those type of goals is, is impressive. You know, when you when you come into the league or you you start playing pro your first year, you know, I personally, you know, me, I my goal was, you know, I wanted to win. You know, I'm a competitor, I love to win. Um, but when you come in as a rookie, you know, you kinda wanna just, you know, find your niche and find your way, you know, as, as a pro. And like and, do uh, your part.
0: Like that's what a lot right. of people say. Like exactly. I'm gonna serve my role. I'm gonna do right. my job the best I can to help this team out. But rarely right. do I hear any of you guys say, "I just want to make this this franchise different."
1: Right, right, right. And, and this is challenging because you know when you come in, you know you just you're trying to you know find your way. You're trying to have you know your personal goals in a way and stuff like that as a rookie. And you know, for, for a guy, you know, for a guy to say that he wants to change a franchise, you know, as a rookie you know, getting drafted to, you know, they, you know, one of the lower teams in the NBA at that time. You know, that's that's impressive. You know, it just speaks volumes of um his 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 commitment, his yeah. his dedication and and his confidence that he had in himself, you know. Yeah,
0: like you said, the confidence. Yeah. Cause most people just aren't they're not they don't have that vision at that time. Obviously right. he get in that all right. Any other episode one notes that you guys have that you want to throw out there before I move on to episode two?
1: Um trying to think. I mean, they all
0: run together. I know I had had they do.
1: I mean, it's just, you know, speaking of, you know, it was just like you said, I want to like piggyback off what you said, um, you know, how, how, how the team kind of got together, you know, and, and the strides that they had to take, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty impressive how, you know, it takes a long time. It takes a time, it takes a long time to build a team, to build a dynasty, you know, and, you know i feel like with all those players and and the coaches and and the whole organization you know it was it was some bumps it was some bumps that they had to take you know and and i believe that you know in due time that they were able to you know succeed but i feel like overall you know episode 1 was showing the the ways that they had to do it and the bumps that they had to take in yeah. order to get it done so um, I believe that episode one was was great, a great intro um, starting about how the legacy and the dynasty built. And um, I, I feel like it was it was great.
0: Yeah. OK, so that's a good transition, though. And episode two. So it's a Pippin episode. Right. Right. And then some. But I mean, that's really what it was focusing on. And so yeah. talk about bumps okay. in the road. Um which it's cool that they went back and sort of showed us like Pippen's background a little bit, like that he was a smaller guard in high school. And then his growth spurt, um, to six, seven, I think made him really unique and like a a totally different player tool, um, to have those skills. Um, but then get so big. So they talk about in this episode, his ankle surgery at the end of the 96, 97 season. Right. And how he kind of, you know, he waited till the beginning of the next season instead of having his surgery at the end of the season or, you know, using his off season. So kind of like it again goes back to the Jerry Krause issues. And he was really sticking it to back to his team because of contract issues. Uh, Man, I think now when that stuff happens today, your fans turn on you. They didn't talk about how anybody really turned on him. I mean, maybe some team stuff. Of course, Jordan was disappointed didn't have him out there. But like, if that happened today, first of all, we'd all know about it because everybody would talk about it on social media. And, you know, it's crazy finding out that stuff. But don't you think now he would have pissed everybody off so bad? Taking that, taking that option?
2: Well, yeah, considering he signed a contract that the general manager told him, you probably don't want to sign this long a contract. He said, I want to sign it. I think he referenced his poverty growing up, referenced his mom and dad's health. I think his dad had some real issues. And he said, I want the security of the long-term money. And then when the market changed and his value went up tremendously, he took out his frustration about signing the contract that he was counseled not to sign by the guy signing the co- – it's a great deal for the Bulls, but he he signs it, and then he takes it out on the Bulls on saying, oh, well, I'm not going to – I'm going to wait and kind of punish you guys because of the actions I did, which I felt was very selfish. And, um, yeah, I would be pissed too right now if I was watching that happen in Dallas with uh, a player. It's not like they crammed him down. They franchised him, and he, he got cornered into a deal – that he could have gotten $40 million bucks, and he only got like twenty. I mean, that, that's not the situation. He chose that contract and and had to live with the repercussions. Right, right. No, I,
1: I totally agree. You know, I, I felt like, you know, Pippen, you know, I feel like he felt a little bit of disrespect um, in that time. Because, um, you know, Jordan was getting all of the attention, all of the spotlight, and, you know, Pippen, you no, know, Pippen was a good player. You know, Pippen was you know he was you know right behind Jordan. Jordan was number one. He was number two. You know, and then you know it's tough that you know he just he he felt disrespected, and and I, I felt like like you said, Fred. I feel like um, it was definitely a uh, a a a bad move, a bad move for him. Um, you know, just for his name, um, he was always known as a winner, a competitor, which he still is, but. You know, just just doing that. You know, I felt like it was it was definitely selfish of him to do that for the team, for the organization. Um, because you know, man, no no matter what, you know, you gotta play through adversity. No matter, you know, a person might say this and that, you're the second best player, and this and that. It doesn't matter, man. As long as it's a, it's about winning, it's about building a legacy, it's about building a franchise um, for the organization, and no matter what. People say or anything like that, you know. You have to put that aside because at the end of the day, you have to do your job, and it's all about winning, you know. So, uh, I like I agree with you. I feel like it was a selfish move, um, but you know, everybody has that. You know, it's human nature. It's human nature to you know feel a certain way. You know, when a guy's getting an attention and you and you feel good, and you're a competitor as well, so you know, it's it's, it's human nature at the same time. So,
0: yeah, I definitely agree. I didn't think it was a good look when he said he wanted to enjoy his off season. He didn't want to mess up his off season being rehabbing, so he you know delayed it. I thought it definitely was a selfish. But he redeemed himself, right? We see in episode ten when he is fighting through. He could have easily bailed with injury. His back hurting. He could have easily like said, "I'm out. I'm just it hurts too bad, this and that." Because he he had that out. He was off the court. He could have stayed off the court. Um, So I mean, even though we saw this whole ankle thing happen early, he, you know, he gets some plenty of bonus points later on, I guess.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah. He gets the redemption. Right? Yeah. He, he definitely gets the redemption.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the guy was count, Scotty was counseled not to sign the contract or that length of contract because of exactly what happened. The market changed. There was a lot more money in the NBA and had he signed a shorter deal, he would have been rewarded. But he was concerned about his l- welfare and his long term Uh, well-being and his family's well-being because his father's um, sickness as a kid he just didn't want to take any chances but when the market did turn then he was upset about it because he lost a lot of money left a lot of money on the table and uh, he took it out on the bulls and punished not only them but his teammates by by electing not to have the surgery when he should have but the counterpoint to that was Jerry Krause could have been a good GM and renegotiated and been fair with him on his current market value to make him happy and keep him motivated and not punish the bulls like he did so
0: yeah for sure I mean making it right just to make him happy and and make the long term but obviously that did not uh, pan out the way it could have obviously okay so in this episode we also this part is my favorite that we um we get to see Jordan's like relationship with his brother and his dad start um well not I mean it didn't start in this episode but they show how when you go back and look at like the rivalry and the competitiveness he had with his brother is and that he that he just he knew he always needed his dad's approval so that's a a common theme throughout the whole documentary but you know he talks about like fighting with those that you love and sometimes You fight more with your sibling than you do a stranger you would say things to them you would work harder to beat them at different things and so like I guess my question is do you think having the sibling rivalry that he had with his brother I think it was Larry um like is that a legit piece of what made Jordan who he was competitive wise
2: I think he's kinda had it inside him. I mean, I've coached kids with FC Dallas and I've said, hey, you gotta go for the ball. You gotta be more aggressive and they might have all the skill in the world, but if they don't have all the all the will in the world, it doesn't really matter. So I kinda think it was innate. I think that the two probably had the same sort of drive. Jordan had the 15 to be a professional athlete, but just the two being sibling siblings and both having that drive just naturally probably led out to some really like they said some ferocious battles right right
1: I I totally agree um I I definitely believe that you know his brother uh motivated him um and I can speak this on this personally because you know I have a a a twin sister that actually plays basketball as well yes so we grew up together um competing on the court and um and I can say our battles even though you know she was a girl she was she was spicy she's she's the girl me you know so so she was intense and, and and wanted to win and and the motivation and the drive so you know just speaking on you know my experience you know having that sibling and having those those rivalries um, makes who you make makes you you know it makes you you know it makes who you are um, as a player and it helps you um, because you have somebody that pushes you every single day and doesn't care about your feelings it doesn't care about oh, I might be tired or, you know, they, they don't care about that because they want to beat you as well. And, and it brings that competitive drive out of you. And um, so I can definitely say that him and his brother, those, those, those battles definitely made Jordan who he was because yeah. it, it made him not want to lose and, and against yeah. anybody. Because If you don't want to lose against your, your siblings and your brothers and sisters um, or your family members, you definitely don't want to lose against somebody that you don't know. You know what I'm saying? Like, somebody that you, you're not close to or another team. Yeah. You know, you don't want to lose to that, so.
0: Yeah, they didn't earn know. that That right Right. you, yeah.
1: Right, exactly. So, so yeah, it, absolutely.
0: Some of the stuff that we start to see at this point, too, is how, like, that fight in him. Sure, he talks about with his brother, like, competing, but what it was interesting to me is all the little ways that we saw that through, like, with other players. Meaning, right. like – I think it was at an Olympic practice when he went at it with magic.
1: Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it
0: was at a team practice with Steve Kerr. And it's like one comment and it sets yeah. him off. And that's like, but I feel like he needs that. He waits for something to open up to like just piss him off enough to be like, okay, that's it. I'm going to go beat you. Um, but it happened. So, also besides Steve Kerr, and then they get over it, right? And yep. Yep. well, Reggie Miller, that was a long term one. Um so then he also said like when Carl Malone won the M V P in ninety seven, like it set him off to make him go play better. Um there was a there was a rookie at the end
2: Byron Russell. Is that who the it was? Utah Jazz yeah
0: you yep. said yep. something like why'd you quit And like something that he didn't intend to make him mad but right. it put it, Michael said it put him on his list like it just you know and then Isaiah Thomas there was a whole nother one too they didn't shake hands after a game but like these little things that he pulls out like as a reason material for him to, to focus not that he even needed to play better but when sometimes he did right but didn't you guys think that was super interesting to see how he would take the smallest comment or action and use it?
2: Yeah I think Michael Jordan loved not just competing but destroying people like Byron Russell had no idea that he would face him in game six in the NBA finals and Jordan's like I've got you now and I'm not going to just beat you I'm going to win Then. NBA championship as you slide away and I hit a jump shot and I walk off and with the trophy. And I think there's something about Jordan that has like an assassin mentality. It's it's not just that I'm going to compete, but I'm going to compete and personally destroy you and humiliate you, not like publicly, but it's just like this obsession to crush you and, and whatever, whatever he's, you know, whenever you're facing him, he just wants to destroy your inner being. Not just, hey, I won, you lost, good game. No, I destroyed who you are. It's like that. That's the way I felt when I watched this. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. Um, you know, I
1: could definitely say that, you know, uh, being a competitor, um, it, it, it makes you, you know, it's, it's, you love it. You love it. You love winning. And you love knowing that the person that you just played against lost. Um, I I can speak on that a little bit. You know, even in practice, you know, him and Steve Kerr, you know, got into it into that moment. You know, teammates are going to fight. You know, it happens. You know, when you're trying to build something, and you know, and both guys are great competitors. You know, that's going to happen. You know, and and the biggest thing about you know being a team is that you know you can fight amongst each other in practice, but you know when y'all get on the court against a different team, you know. We're going to war together. So it's just the preparation for the war, you know, and, 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 you know, sometimes, you know, it's going to be conflicts and things like that. And, you know, that's, that's, that's the nature of the sport, you know, and, and even playing against somebody, man, it's like, like you said, you know, that he, he wanted to let him, people know that he was going to destroy them. And, and I can remember that um, even in the episode, um, you know, when he, when they lost to the magic, you know, uh, when he came back out of retirement and lost to the Magic, and his strength coach was like, you know, take it easy, Mike. You know, take a couple days. And you know, Mike said, you know, I'll see you tomorrow. You yeah. know, you know it, it was just in his mind that you know he lost, and and it drove it drove him. You know, every every player um, that plays sports, you know, they always have you always have to have that chip on your shoulder when you play. You know, it's just that's just that's that's. That's what athletes. That's what we have to do. You yeah. know, and you have to have something that drives you, whether it be a comment, whether it be something that a player did. You know, I, I can't, I can't recall what the player name was, but I remember when one of the guys said, you know, you know, Jordan even made it up. He said, you know, good game, Mike. You know, you know, made it up, and and, and you know that drove him. You know, that drove Jordan and, you know, even when when B.J. Armstrong, you know, hit that shot and was letting him know and all of the face and stuff like that, you know, against Charlotte. And, you know, just all those moments, man, um, you know, players have something that's going to drive them. And Jordan found anything, anything. To, 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 to just get him going, you know, yeah, he didn't so need it was amazing. He
0: didn't, he didn't need much. I forgot about all that good um, B.J. Armstrong footage and, and stuff. That was good. Another thing, I mean, we don't have much time left on here. We didn't hardly get into all these episodes yet. But another thing I wanted to mention and get y'all's take on is, like, how big of a player cigars were in this whole thing, right? Like, I mean, he was smoking cigars, like, in the locker room, all kinds of footage, even in the present day interviews, which I don't know when the actual, like, current interviews took place. I mean, who knows what year that, it might have been a year or two ago, I don't know. But right. he was always smoking a cigar. Like yeah. I don't know what time that stopped when cigar I mean, I don't think you can do anything like that in a locker room for a, quite a while, right?
1: No, 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 yeah.
0: <laughs> I don't know when no, all that stopped. Not. Maybe whenever you stop smoking on airplanes. But uh I just thought that was really interesting to see how much of a factor cigars were in, in his life.
1: Yeah. No, no, it was it was crazy. I was I was <laughs> it's probably <funny>. it's just <laughs>
0: in the locker room footage um like I thought it was really interesting that he would separate himself so much in the locker room yeah I don't know if that was later on in his career when he needed the extra security or if that was just his nature to just separate himself but I don't know didn't you guys think that was interesting that like he seemed like he would um I don't know be doing his thing lounging somewhere separate than the bulk of his team
2: it's like he needed to decompress and kind of just come off this high intensity of war and just kind of calm down, get his thoughts together, regroup, and then become a normal human again, as opposed to Superman or Black Jesus or whatever he called himself. You know, it just, it's like this alter personality had to leave and he had to become human again, I guess. Right. No, I totally agree.
1: Now, I believe that, you know, with all the, you know, everybody's always in his face, you know, the media and, and, and the fans and and players, you know, coaches asking them, you know, things, you know, the organization. And, you know, I just felt like, you know, that was his time to get away. And like you said, to kind of like, you know, kick back a little bit, you know, kind of get his thoughts together. And, and And, you know, like you said, become a a human being you know just just you know being a regular person yeah like,
0: back it's, to normal it's, like for a minute yeah yeah
1: yeah absolutely